What's up everyone? This is V aka Verga English. Welcome to the Hearing Colors of Kill Sounds podcast. This is the weirdest podcast series on the West Coast. I'm serious. It has to be. I mean, I don't have like, you know, weird drop sounds on my um, podcast show and one day I'll get like five, ten listeners, but it, that's neither here nor there. That's the future, okay? That's the fun part. This is a, a writer's class. Also, to anybody looking to be a writer, I publish three books. I publish uh, many other things that you can find on the internet. I don't even know where most of them are, but I've done, you know, copying things for websites, written for them, and you know, just a little descriptions and this, this, that, and the third. It's a real good thing to say that you're a writer and to self-proclaim it, but then actually embody that with your thoughts and your thinking. And so this podcast is to give you a little head nod and a little push in the right direction and to continue your craft. This is one of those things that comes in your head. And I'm one of those, you know, realists, but I shy away from that term as because realists are very... Cynical. <laughs> it's almost as if like the stating of this fact and that no nothing else can mess with said fact after it has been stated or that it is just that forever half in a day versus something that is a changing quality and adapting into so many different things and to be a writer is to be an adept at adaptation and to understand the change in times and to be very, very aware of all of the things that happen in life so that you could better, you know, depict them and to tell them about uh, to someone else that had not witnessed any of these things before. And uh, not to perpetuate it, but to change one's perspective. And it's not to, you know, have a progressive or a persuasive <laughs> uh, speech and talk about certain things so that people change their mind about it. That's what, you know, the, what would you call the quintessential uh, government official is the person to do those. For you as a writer, it's to influence your feelings to someone, but not overtly. It's to paint them so that someone feels that it's important and how important it is to you. Uh, reflects that back to them. So that's inevitably what you can get from this while you're sitting in your car or traffic or you're sitting uh, reading something or doing whatever, cooking. You've got to understand these things and, and add a little flavor and flair into it so it sounds like you or it could sound like you. And I'm really, really excited and influenced by this show that I was talking about uh, in the last previous podcast. It's called The Wire. Shouts out to anybody that was in The Wire. Shouts out to Omar. I don't even know uh, Michael C. Hall or something like this. I don't know. That may not even be his name. But whoever it was that was a part of that production, they are like in my top, 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 top acting qualities. I don't even know their names. They, as an entire group of actors and actresses, depicted something that the world has never seen before nor has seen afterwards 
you could even go as to say like you know you got empire you got all these other shows produced by 50 cent which are great i have not seen them yet but once again incidentally those are all depictions of people who have come and gone and you know glorified uh this sense of you know going in the gray areas between the law but as the height of this show and the reasoning why i identify with these characters obviously i mean it's not obvious to you but if you're sitting there in my imaginary crowd in front of me you have to understand i have a permanent tan right so that let, let's just start there permanent tans right <laughs> By default, my American experience is different from each and every one of you because I am a male, I am young, and I am black. So that's three strikes against me since, what, I was born? <laughs> you're young, you're black, and you're a male, okay? So those depictions and how the world views me is, you know, correlated to just that off rip before I even open my mouth. And these depictions of these characters are people who I've seen on the street. Like I've seen a person like this on the street. I've seen somebody pushing a cart on the street. I've seen a doughboy, you know, on a corner, you know, chilling with his yak. Like I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen other stuff which I will never tell about, but that's just, you know, this correlating factor or my my experience as a human being but it is vastly different from a white male a black woman and anybody else i mean the the most close thing that i can depict of would be uh someone of Lat latino descent uh who could identify with you know just this being in this surrounded by all of uh these people not these people, surrounded by your peers, surrounded by your, your tribesmen and surrounded by all these other different tribes and, and how they operate and how intricate the language becomes and how, you know, purposeful everything is. And when I was sitting down, I was a young man, 18, just sitting there watching this show and getting goosebumps looking at how articulate and how smart and how ingenious every word that's spilled from these these men or just women's mouths and how practical they were and then how you know the lines had been blurred from good and wrong there's this depict a depiction in life where people always talk about this or that on the news and they say this and they, they vilify someone but I'm coming to find out that for myself, that's not always the story. That's not always the full story. Even if they got it on a documentary, even if it's on 60 Minutes, like that's not everything that happened. <laughs> but even if they covered it for over 20 years and showed something for every day, you know, sitting back in behind of the camera, that is not exactly everything that happened. And so it, it teaches me as a writer how to span out things and how to verse them better, how to explain the character better, and then not have this uh, predictable uh, character trope of someone in an illicit activity or crime coming to power, you know, the start coming to power, then inevitably fall. That's predictable. And for me, 
the unpredictable part about it is the last part, the, the, the fall or the resolution. And those three things, and I said this before, as to all writers, everything that you do is based off of three. So you can go quote me on it, you can you know, talk to your English professor or English teacher about certain things and stories, and they you know, will give their own interpretation of what I'm saying, but you want to inevitably have this, this introduction, this exposition, this explanation as to why someone is doing something or why they think of this that way, or why they look at their lives that way, their livelihoods, why they choose to treat people a certain way. And then from there, you can go and spin off and, and create the, the exposition and then go into the buildup and, and how they build themselves around, how their character develops, how they change, how they look, how people around them change their perspective of this set character. There's so many intricate things that you can do just by the dynamic of speaking and the dialogue and the wire. I can't go into how it is, you know, without spoiling people who have not seen this set show. But to a black man, this is one of those shows that you could sit down with your partners. You could sit down, you know, with someone, roll up a blunt <laughs> if you smoke weed or roll up a spliff. And, you know, talk about these things in our culture that were very, very important at the time. Even if it was 20 years ago, even if people don't use payphones anymore, the rules still apply. And the show was so ahead of its time. It was so paramount. I don't even understand if they didn't even get an award. Maybe somebody was like pissed off at them or something like that. But it definitely, uh, it, I can see. I can see why there wasn't a daytime Emmy <laughs> for showing, you know, young African American boys uh, shooting one another and you know depicting the game. And the game is uh, <laughs> certain things in the subject matter that people don't talk about, and it, it really was depicted and a subject or an entity that existed in The Wire that was constantly uh, brought up was the game and, and how people who are a part of the game are all in, like you are in the game or you are not a part of the game. You don't smell like that. You don't operate like that. You don't think like that. You are, up. you, the game is over here. You way over there. <laughs> Those are two separate things. And people on the street know this. These are street value things that I can't teach something like that to someone from suburbia if their suburbia doesn't include a part of the game. Now, people from my hood, and, and I say that gingerly because I, I live in different parts, but I have my mother's house and my father's place. Now, my father stayed in the city. Like that's the hood, whatever you want to call it. My aunt stayed in the city. My grandmother stayed in the city. And my mother stayed in the suburbs. And so she moved further and further away. Now, okay, there, there's two different worlds. Yes and no. <laughs> if you look at the streets and you look at how they connect and you look how far they span, it is no comparison to anything out here in California at all, period, point blank. Not one of my streets 
goes halfway as far as La Brea or Wilshire. <laughs> like, not even on a good day, on a cloudy day, like, no, our streets, Los Angeles is dwarfing uh, just one of my neighborhoods, but the level and the concentration of the things that happen in said neighborhood is uh, something reminiscent from that I can identify with. And even if my mother stayed in a suburban S type of neighborhood, there were still quote unquote people who moved from the city to her neighborhood. And they basically brought everything <laughs> but the cat and the dog. Well, they brought them too, but the cows and, and you know everything else with. And, and so this mentality and that feeling it definitely felt as if it was a part of the city. Like they just took a chunk of the block and then uprooted it and then took that block, flew it like 50 blocks down and then just chunked it in this, this area. And obviously you could look at human uh, or rather American history and you could look at where I'm from, but this flight or flight response where more and more African-Americans were moving into a neighborhood and then the affluency and the people who originally were in said neighborhood moved out. And this happened before I was even born in the 80s and 90s, all of these different things. And I look at it and you can see it on paper, you can look at real estate, but it was a very interesting thing to see that I identified with you know, these characters on the wire because I literally could see it. Like I've seen these things. I have family members. I like these things are, I could literally walk outside my door while watching that show and then go back to, you know, one of my old blocks or go visit my pops uh, off of, what is that, Cottage Grove and <laughs> go drive down the street, you know, down, uh, what's that, uh, the Dan Ryan and go into a neighborhood or even go visit my aunt who stayed in Princeton Park at the time. And you know what I'm saying? Like just see how the block operated and how I wasn't a part of the game, but I could clearly see a player in the game. I could clearly see, you know, uh, all these other shifting things as a part of it. And it influenced my, my view of not romanticizing it because romanticizing is a grand, grand thing. And when someone romanticizes something, they depict all the great things about it. <laughs> all the, the perks, all the everything, the, the money, uh, the women, and the attention, everything, the flashy cars. And, but the show doesn't do that. The show shows the perks, but it also shows the, the underside or the underside of it, or the flip side of the coin. And so I took that to heart. And I, this is, I haven't even watched the episode yet. This is just me speaking from like my past experiences and it showed up on my For You page. And I'm just going through my memory and remembering all of these things that made it a great series to me. Why I would recommend it to someone who does not know about African-American culture. And if you don't know about African-American culture, well, yeah, there's a show <laughs> called The Wire. And let me tell you something. It will change your life forever on how you look at African-American men, P 
period, point blank. I stand by that statement. I stand by my words. Like it's one of the most important documentary, non-documentary, you know, fiction-esque materials that has influenced two to three or four generations over. You know, if it, it may be three now, but an extra generation from someone younger than me who has not seen this set show. And you're wondering why I'm like rapping and raving about it, but you have to see it for yourself. And, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I'm coming off as I, I talk about it, like five characters off the top of my head, which I'm just gonna include in my writing later on tonight, about this and, and these characters are very enigmatic, very pragmatic, very um, root, you know, very uh, not stringent, but very uh, lenient, but not lenient, like <laughs> very, you know, operating in the shadows, but still, you know, you'll catch them at a pizza parlor or something like this. It's very different from uh, a, a the Sopranos or anything like that, which uh, also is a very popular TV series and heralded as one of the greatest. Now, you know, once again, incidentally to Martin Scorsese, who would be very upset at this said statement, uh, people like certain things, but they also like uh, this, this dramatic, uh, karmic uh, bond of things. And so they like to see uh, uh, upcomings or they like to see someone do well and then lack thereof and then, you know, do well. <laughs> There's a sense of, of continuity that people have that is a part of life that mirrors that. And for you as a writer, you have to understand how to do that and how to depict that. And so that, that's basically how I, I depict to you how I write on air. And, and I appreciate you guys listening. This is just you know, rapping and raving, but I, I hope you understand this and I hope this makes sense to you. If not, I'll, I'll make sense on the next podcast and, and depict how this series and how something else, which is completely science fiction, you know, depicts their own. So I appreciate it so much. This is V, aka Vernon English. Thanks for listening to the podcast.